It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hey, what's up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 35 of Locked on Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis, and you may know me from my work at the Sporting News or at CubsInsider.com. I've been working for the Sporting News as my second year there, and I've been on and off with Cubs Insider since, oh man, going back to 2014, back when it was just a blog on Chicago Now. So check both of those out, CubsInsider.com, run by Evan Altman, who's been a guest on this podcast a few times. So if you've been a, a listener since the beginning, you've heard him a few times and does really good stuff at that site. Uh, it was hard for me to stay away. I just enjoy writing there. They've got a great group of guys writing for them, and you know you might even hear a few of them filling in for me at points this season, doing episodes of Locked On Cubs here and there. So be sure to check that out if you aren't already familiar with CubsInsider.com. So the Cubs beat the Texas Rangers 5-1 to on Wednesday. You Darvish pitched against his former team, went six innings, gave up three hits, one earned run, no walks, seven strikeouts. Just a really good game for Darvish. His slider was moving like crazy. It was it was broadcast on MLB Network, so you know, you may have caught the game. But uh, Darvish pitched really well, and that was really good to see, especially against his former team. Uh, something I hadn't noticed in his previous games, and, and maybe it was there, but I just wasn't paying close attention, was a really big difference in his mechanics. Uh, when he winds up, he, he almost pauses a little bit in the air without moving, kind of like... Hideo Nomo used to and it's not the full Nomo where he turns all the way around but he definitely pauses midair before he goes back down to the plate and I think maybe I had seen that before but I didn't notice that was something very different for him and I was going through some old footage and that's not something Darvish had done in years prior so you know that's something to look for he had been tipping pitches which is something that I think everybody knew about the World Series that the, the Astros were teeing off because they knew what was coming. So uh, it's interesting that he has made a very obvious change to his delivery and his windup uh, so that uh, I'm guessing to eliminate that uh, you know tipping problem that he was having. Just something that I had noticed that I thought was pretty interesting, and it looks like Darvish is ready for the season. For the final three innings, Steve Ciszek and Carl Edwards combined to throw uh, three scoreless, finished it out, no problem. Chris Bryant, his first home run of the spring, which is a a classic towering blast uh, 
classic Chris Bryant homer off uh, left-handed starter Matt Moore. The other note that I have here is that Bryant, Rizzo, and Contreras, who batted 2-3-4, reached base in seven of their nine trips to the plate. Jose Quintana will start against the San Francisco Giants Thursday night. Game time is 9.05 Central, and if you have MLB TV, you can catch the Giants broadcast. Otherwise, you can get it on the radio in Chicago or in the vicinity at 6.70 the score. Next segment, I'm going to go to discussion of previewing the Milwaukee Brewers, so I hope you enjoy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Joining me to preview the Brewers is Travis Sarandos of Beyond the Box Score, Disciples Euchre, and Brew Crew Ball. Did I get all of them, Travis? Um, yeah, I think so. I haven't written for a couple of those for a while, but um, yes, technically I'm still I still write for all those places. <laughs> well, if I if I never actually quit all the places that I wrote and just didn't tell them, I could probably put down like a massive list. Right. That's what or, I'm going for. Or places that probably tried to fire me. Right. Anyway, um, looking at the Brewers, uh, the Brewers were kind of the surprise team last year. I think a lot of Cubs fans didn't expect what happened, uh, especially you know with the Brewers holding first place for most of the first half. Uh, I've always kind of liked what they've done with their rebuild. I like a lot of the young players. I liked the trade that brought in Travis Shaw. Um, I, I like a lot of what the Brewers have done, so it didn't totally shock me that they won 86 games. I just didn't feel like the the flow of how it happened and being in first place would have would have done that but coming into this year there's a lot of hope you know the brewers obviously thinking they're going to contend for the division and if not the division a wild card spot we know chase anderson and zach davies and Juli chassin but i'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this podcast and don't follow the brewers too closely don't know like the guys who are your number four or number five or battling for those positions uh, while Jimmy Nelson waits to return. So so who are those number four and number five starters that people are going to see? Well, there's a couple of old guys and a couple of young guys. Um, Junior Guerra, you'll probably remember from when he came out of nowhere um, mm-hmm. to be very good uh, two years ago, and then it wasn't as good last year. He was injured for a little bit, and also I think he was just due for some regression. So he's one of the guys battling for one of those last two spots, along with another old guy, Wade Miley, who's also going to be a familiar name, I think, to most people. Um, mm-hmm. He's been very good this spring. He unfortunately did get injured just today. He was uh, pitching. He started for them today in one of their spring training games, got uh, injured on a comebacker that hit him in the leg. So we don't know the extent of that injury yet. So it remains to be seen if he's still in the running for that or if he's going to end up starting the season on the DL. But um, he's in a minor league deal, and he's actually set for an opt-out day tomorrow. So obviously the injury throws a wrench into that, so we'll see where that goes. Um, But then they've also got Brandon Woodruff, who is one of their top pitching prospects, and Brent Suter, who threw about 15 starts, I believe, last season. Pretty 
he was pretty good in those starts. Doesn't really have, you know, flame throwing stuff or much of a breaking uh, pitch that, you know, really is going to get a lot of swing and miss. He, he works very quickly. Um, that's sort of what he's known for is he gets the pitches out really quickly. And I think it messes with hitters timings. And I think that's where some of his success comes from. So uh, if you'd asked me before, you know, a couple hours ago, before Miley got hurt, I would have assumed it was going to be Miley and Suter. Um, but with the Miley injury that opens it up for, probably for Guerra to sneak back into the rotation. And then I would, I would think that whoever loses out on that will go down to triple a and stay stretched out rather than go to the bullpen so uh what's the timetable on jimmy nelson do they know i mean i've heard things like uh originally i had heard oh they're fearing he might not be back until later in the season and then more recently i heard they think maybe it could be as early as may what's what's the current timetable on him right uh well the injury he came he uh suffered the labrum tear is something that not a lot of pitchers ever return from Mm -hmm. uh, back to full form. Um, The timetable is fluid. Like you said, right. He did say he was ahead of schedule before spring training started. And he did end up starting a throwing program before, um, before they thought that he would. Um, But it's still probably June would be an optimistic time for him to come back and you know it's, it remains to be seen if he's going to be able to be as effective as he was again like I said with that uh, with that injury not a lot of pitchers come back from it um, the difference for Jimmy obviously is that he hurt that labrum uh, sliding into first base mm-hmm. rather than from overuse as a pitcher which is how um, the, the that injury normally happens so there's some hope that maybe just because there's a difference in how it he suffered it that he won't suffer as many of the after effects of that. But um, yeah, my, I personally am not necessarily counting on Jimmy Nelson to ever come back and be an impact pitcher for the Brewers again, just because of the seriousness of that injury. So I'm, I'm sort of viewing anything that Nelson gives the Brewers this season and beyond as sort of a bonus. Yeah. And yeah, that's too bad because Jimmy Nelson – so to give a little more background, uh, I got to go to spring training in Maryville and talk to a few of the Brewers players in 2015. And Jimmy Nelson was one of the guys that I talked to. He was very candid. He uh, was one of the nicer people just in general. So when you do that, especially early in a reporting career, you start to like root for guys. And he's one of the guys that I was rooting for. And I was really happy for him that he kind of had that breakout. Like, I don't think a lot of people realized, like, if you look at a lot of the peripheral numbers, Jimmy Nelson was one of the top 10 pitchers in the game last year, right up until that injury. And on the other hand of it, you know, Cubs fans will remember another pitcher who injured his shoulder running the bases, and that's Mark Pryor. And I mean, he, he came back and pitched the rest of the year, but after that season, I mean, it was just injuries, injuries, injuries for him, especially with his shoulder. So that's that's not fun to think about. Yeah, it's a bummer because, you know, he hadn't really he sort of he was sort of a post type breakout last year because he had mm-hmm. come up as one of the top pitching prospects in the Brewer system and hadn't really panned out. He had a terrible year uh, in 2016. 
and uh, 2017 sort of came out of nowhere. And he, like you said, was one of the best pitchers in the National League. And to have an injury like that, it's, it's a bummer, uh, obviously, for him and for the Brewers organization and for what they're trying to do in, uh, in trying to catch the Cubs and trying to get back into uh, yearly playoff contention. Losing a guy with the talent that he has uh, is really a bummer. So, you know, you hope that he can come back at something close to what he was before the injury. All right, I, I want to move over to the offensive side of things, which is where the Brewers really made some moves to improve their roster this year. But they do have a bit of a log jam in the outfield, right? They're going to be moving Ryan Braun a little bit. That's really where my question is, where does Ryan Braun get most of his defensive innings in 2018, and how do they make the crowded roster work? Well, it's that's that's a big question and it's it's hard to answer it right now i don't even know if uh if council knows what he's going to do with that yet right now um the idea is kane is going to be the regular center fielder yelich will be the uh regular left fielder and see some uh, time in right field as well and then braun will shift between right field and first base um which is first bases and place he's never been before. Um, the fans have been clamoring for him to move there for years because they don't realize how much effort it takes to change a position. Um, he has looked good at, at first base. He's made some plays, um, hasn't really looked out. He hasn't looked uncomfortable, but he has said in interviews that he is uncomfortable which is understandable. He's only had, you know, a handful of spring training games under his belt there. Um, and then obviously you have Eric Thames, who had a great April and then not so great everything after April last year, um, <laughs> but still going to, you know, expect him at bats at first base, obviously. And then uh, last year's rookie backup uh, first baseman, Jesus Aguilar, sort of looks like the odd man out. Um, you know, they said they were going with a four-man bench, and they're, if they have Thames and Braun at first base, it looks like Aguilar really doesn't have anywhere to go, and he's out of options. So if they want to try to send him down to the minors, they're going to have to expose him to waivers, and they'll probably lose him. So mm. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. There's definitely some interesting choices that they're going to have to make with all of that. Um, I mean, no matter what they do, when everybody's healthy, you're going to have one of Thames, Braun, or probably Domingo Santana on the bench every single day, um, which, you know, is that a good problem to have? Maybe because you've got a guy coming off the bench, but then, you know, instead of getting three, four at bats out of one of your best hitters, now you're only getting one at bat out of him. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah you mentioned that one of those names that uh, i think he's probably my favorite of that group uh and maybe the average non-brewers or non-nl central baseball fan might not even really know who he is and that's D domingo santana you know i think pretty much everyone knows ryan braun christian yelich lorenzo kane but uh for any cub fans who might not fully understand who Domingo Santana is talk about you know the, the coming of age of that player 
Yeah, I I love Domingo Santana, and I am probably higher on him than most Brewers writers and fans you're going to meet are. Um, but 30 home runs last year, uh, hit a, about 280. Um, you know, I think he was worth like three and a half war. Um, I think he's great. He's obviously a big strikeout guy. Um, struck out about 30% of his at-bats last year, 30% the year before. So a ton of strikeouts, but when he makes contact, it's hard. It uh, usually goes over the fence. Um, he's fast. He doesn't play great defense, so he is going to be a great DH uh, for someone else because the Brewers uh, don't get to play a DH. Um so he's he's tailor-made for the DH position. So either we need to bring that over to the National League or he's going to spend most of his career in the American League uh, where he can fully use his talents. Um, but he's, a, he's an excellent hitter, um, and I think he's got superstar capabilities. Um, you look at some of the things he can do, and he's not far off from, you know, the guys like Aaron Judge, there's not there's not much difference there. Yeah, and I, I think everything you just said about Domingo Santana, absolutely true, number one. But number two, Cubs fans probably feel very similarly about Kyle Schwarber. They're waiting for that same kind of breakout star year that he just had uh, for Schwarber. And same kind of thing. This is a guy who's a DH, uh, ideally, who, you know, maybe on, on borrowed time for his uh, career playing left field in the National League. So I think there's some interesting parallels there. Yeah, I think Santana and Schwarber are very similar players. Schwarber obviously plays in Chicago and was a playoff hero, so a little bit more ink for him than Santana. Um, but I think they're very similar players with very similar uh, styles. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I want to go to some predictions now. Uh, we'll start with some over-under. I, I put down four that hopefully will trip you up a little bit. Um, <laughs> one guy we talked about just a little bit, Eric Thames. You mentioned had you know had that like all-star April, and then the rest of the season wasn't so great. He did finish over 30 home runs, um, but obviously the, the crunch this year, I'm guessing he's probably not going to ever see an at-bat against a left-handed pitcher. So... My over-under for him is 400 plate appearances. Uh, I will go under there. Um, yeah, I would I think, agree. I think that despite him saying that he doesn't feel comfortable there, I think in the end, Braun ends up getting more than half of the at-bats for the year at first base um, just because if everybody stays healthy, there's nowhere else to put him. Um, to get those bats in the lineup. So, and like I said, um, Thames was brilliant in April and really not much after that. So. Yeah, my, my only thought with 400, 
as that number was. Uh, I looked back on the 2016 Cubs going into the season, and this is an example I've used a lot of times when people complain about uh, depth and, and crowding of the positional side with the Cubs, is that going into that season, you had Jorge Soler and Kyle Schwarber and Dexter Fowler and Jason Hayward all vying for outfield playing time. And then three games into the year, Schwarber was done for the year and Soler was injured and was bad and Hayward was awful with the bat. So, you know, obviously things change and, and players do get hurt and miss time. So I figured maybe 400 about is where Thames gets to, but that kind of might be a ceiling, I would think. Yeah, I think it would it would take an injury or two for him to uh, break that ceiling. All right, next one I have uh, a guy that I like. Uh, who hit 30 home runs last year, and I'm curious if he's going to be able to repeat it. So I'm just getting your thoughts on this. Travis Shaw, I have at 29 and a half home runs over under. Um, I'll say under. I think Travis enjoyed a breakout season last year. Um, but 30 is a lot. And, you know, he stayed healthy all year. So, you know, a lot of things can happen. Um, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably go under, I would go closer to 2025 for him. I think yeah, that's where I was kind of thinking is 25, 26, somewhere in that area. All right. Uh, Chase Anderson, he's the, the de facto number one and pitched very well for the <laughs> Brewers last year, but you know, anyone who saw him when he played against the Cubs knows that he mowed him down a couple times. Uh, God, he loves pitching against the Cubs. He does. <laughs> Uh, didn't he have like a perfect game against them two years ago or something like Almost. that? Almost. I think he carried it into the seventh or into yeah. the eighth. It was, yeah, it was late. All right. For him, I have over under 160 innings, which would remarkably be his career high. Yeah. I actually just wrote about this today is how, um, you know, they've got a ton of question marks in that rotation. And the biggest question mark I think is Anderson for two reasons. One being that, you know, he was brilliant last year, but his longer track record is closer to mediocrity. Um, and I think there were some uh, real improvements that he made. He added some velocity to his fastball. So I don't think it was all, you know, smoke and mirrors or luck. Um, but I think he probably is due for a little regression. Um, and then obviously he has a long injury history. He's never pitched more than 153 innings in a season. Um, so... I'm going to be optimistic and say that he does not suffer any long-term injuries this year and say over for the 160 innings. All right. My last one, Jet Bandy, does he hit more or less over under 49% of his home runs this season against the Cubs? <laughs> because I'll, I'll toss this one to you. Three of his six last season were against the Cubs. That's well, you know, they love, they love to perform against the, their neighbors to the south. Um, I'll, I'll say that that's probably – I'm going to go under on that, that that's unlikely that he'll hit half of his home runs against one team. Um, and I also don't know if he's going to hit any home runs for the Brewers this right. year because uh, while Steven, Steven Vogt is hurt, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, but when he is healthy – is definitely going to be the Brewers injury replacement catcher for this season. Right. So it might be 
you know, maybe he comes up for a series against the Cubs and hits one and gets all of them <laughs> against Chicago, but I'll go under. <laughs> yeah, that's the very reason why I didn't put a specific number on it. I just wanted to go with a percentage because I didn't know if maybe he's going to hit one or two this year in limited <laughs> playing time. So I figured probably in a roster crunch, but I wanted to throw that one in there just because I like Jet Bandy's name. I, I always, I don't know if you've ever seen on Twitter, anytime he hits against the Cubs, I, I always refer to him as the erotic adventures of jet bandy because i think that just is a perfect book title it's a very george lucas ass name (laughs) it is that's a good star wars name all right if the brewers make the playoffs it's because blank fill in the blank um it's because chase anderson pitched more than 168 innings and most of them were good it's because they traded for chris archer at the deadline and it's because nobody suffered any significant injuries, which includes Ryan Braun staying on the field and hitting, you know, 450, 500 at bats. If the Brewers miss the playoffs, it's because blank. It's because the question marks in the rotation go unanswered, and we see a lot of uh, regression from the guys who they are counting on, like. Anderson and Davies and Wade Miley and the guys in the back rotation are exactly who you think they would be. All right, let's, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's talk about the NL central. How many wins for the Brewers? Uh, Man, I just, the pitching staff freaks me out. I don't, I don't like that. They didn't do much to fix it. All those all those pitchers that, that remained unsigned into spring training and they didn't go get any of them. Frustrating. <laughs> and to watch them sign for just so little elsewhere. Right. Uh, I would have loved Lance Lynn for $12 million. Yeah, I mean, that was the one that came to mind. How, how did they not go out and get Lance? Uh, it doesn't make any oh, sense. I mean, I hate him because he's a Cardinal, but come on. <laughs> um, I will say 86. I'll say... They they hit right at 86. All right. How many for the Cardinals? Uh, I'm 79. I don't like I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> and which it which I don't I don't like them. And it's a little bit um, it's kind of wishful thinking that it's 79, but um, a very personal 79. Right. They don't you know. They're counting on a lot from, you know, they're still counting on Adam Wainwright, who I don't know about that. And I just, I'm not sure about the pitching for them. Uh, And there's not much, there's no depth in that pitching staff. So if somebody gets hurt, if they lose Carlos Martinez, there's, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to be in trouble. So. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're throwing off the groove on the podcast because the last guy I had on to preview the Pirates, he said he thought the Cardinals would win 92 games. Well, that's that would make me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> How many for the Pirates? Ugh, um, 75. Yeah, that's about where I have they're them. Gonna, they're gonna struggle this year. Yeah. How many for the Reds? Ugh. 70. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where everyone's had them. Uh, what about the Cubs? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't. Last year, I think was a fluke. 
with them struggling so long in in the beginning of the season, um, which, you know, it was nice being in first place and I really enjoyed trolling people online about it. But, you know, I knew the whole time that they, that wasn't for real. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 98. I think that they are, they're very extremely talented and I, I just, I don't see them having a prolonged period of, you know, of struggle at all this year. It's, it's just too, there's too much talent from the top to the bottom of that lineup and then the pitching staff, and then they add you Darvish. I mean, you Darvish is your, what, your fourth starter? I mean, right. oh, my God. <laughs> There's a really good case to be made that this team is rivaling, uh, entering into the season, the talent level of the 2016 team, and that, that they could be on par with them this year. Um, and, and I do believe that it could happen. I mean, you know, last year they went into the season with Brett Anderson as their number five and then Eddie Butler backing him up. And now you've got uh, you brought in Darvish and Jose Quintana to fill out the rotation. I mean, and then Tyler Chatwood, who's actually looked really good this spring. I don't have a whole lot of hope for him, but um, you know, at least for being a number five, I feel like he's going to be better than John Lackey, and he's also going to be cheaper. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of reason to believe the Cubs are going to beat down the NL Central again, even though the, I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be decent teams. I mean, I think the weakest part of the Cubs is is probably the bullpen. Um, you know, Brandon Morrow was great last year, but the uh, color me unconvinced about yeah. Brandon Brandon Morrow. But um, I mean, Greg Holland is still is still a free agent. They'll go get him, pay him sixty right. million dollars, and I'll have to jump off the home bridge. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be around 100 games for them, I think, and it it could be it could be a lot more if everything clicks. It could be a lot more. Well, thanks again for joining me. That's all I really have for you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners in case they ever decide to read some Brewers stuff where they can <laughs> check you out. Um, I can mostly be found at uh, Brew Coop Ball, um, but occasionally doing my uh, series previews over at Disciples of Euchre. And if I get the itch to write about a different team, then you can find me at uh, Beyond the Box Score. Cool. Well, thanks very much, Travis. And uh, I, I look forward to the Cubs and Brewers renewed rivalry this year. I do not, Ryan. I do not look forward to it at all. <laughs> I personally, I want to see you trolling people online again, because that was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 